come on, someone praise God. Amen. Jesus said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Jesus said, God says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. That means you. You know, it's so specially bad that God decided to leave you and forsake you. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. So God's with you. Do you believe that? Yeah. And then God goes and says, where two or more are gathered, there I am with you also. And I'm confused because didn't he say I'm already with you? Didn't he say, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I'll be with you for forever. But then he says, where two or more are gathered, there I am with you. And then he goes on to say, when you draw near to me, I'll draw near to you. And it's like, what's he doing here? What's he saying here? Because God already said that I'm with you, I'll never leave you. Then he said, where two or more get together, I'm with you, I'll never leave you. Then he said, when you draw near to me, I'm with you. You know what it is? See, God's with you right now. Each and every one of you, God is with you. God is with you. Come on, do you believe it? God is with you. And then when believers get together, come on something tangible happens. The presence of God and the power of God is more tangible. And then when believers who are together are calling out to God and drawing near to God, something even more miraculous and tangible and powerful happens as believers who have the Spirit of God gather together, worshiping God, drawing near to God. That's why the, That's why being in the house of God, being in the presence of God, getting around the people of God will change your life. That's why God says, do not forsake the gathering of the believers. There's something more tangible about God's presence and power when believers get together and seek Him together. Amen. So God is here. God is here. The Spirit of God is here to move and to work in your life today. I don't know about you, but I didn't come to church today just to uh, sing a song, but to draw near to God. And I didn't come just to preach a sermon for you all, but I came that I might encounter the power of God myself and leave better than I came in. Anybody else? Then let's pray. Come on. Heavenly Father, I ask for your help. God, help me to help your people leave today with another key and a better understanding how to pray, how to approach you, how to, how to build their faith, how to have a bold faith, how to have a more real, more tangible, more meaningful relationship with you. Help each and every one of us, myself included, our staff included, our volunteers included, every intender included. God, all of us, we want to open up our hearts and our minds that you would speak to us, that you would minister to us, that your Holy Spirit would help us, transform us today, that, 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 that we would leave this place better than we came in, that we would leave this place with a better spirit than we came in, in the name of Jesus. Could somebody say amen? Amen, amen, amen. Hey, you can stay standing because I've got to read the Scripture to you. 
And uh, that is our custom here at Eternity Church. Uh, just a couple of things before we get into Matthew chapter 6, verse 9. Um, if you're new here, welcome to church. My name is Jesse. Uh, I'm the lead pastor here along with my wife, Lauren. We have the privilege of leading this church. And uh, it's a great church. I really hope you'll come back next week. Uh, we've got a gift for you out in the lobby, which my friend Pastor Laura will share with you um, later on. Uh, so please, uh, after the service, don't leave without your free gift. Um, two other things. If you haven't done the DNA experience, I said that in the first service as well, actually. If you haven't done the DNA experience, ain't nobody done the DNA experience because it's never existed before, all right? <clears throat> what I mean is y'all should do the DNA experience this week, all right? Sign up online. Um, uh, the reason you should do it is it, it's six weeks, uh, five Thursdays, and then a week and a half later, a Saturday. Uh, it's, it's all designed to help you basically say to God, God, I, I want your DNA in my life, all right? I want to live with your DNA, yeah? God, I, I want you to, to renew my mind, right? I want you to renew my heart, God. Help me to live like you want me to live. And so we're going to talk in that about about uh, some core values and things about Eternity Church that we believe. And we'll even give you an opportunity to ask questions of us about our beliefs and all that sort of gear. It'll be really good for you. But the whole thing is designed around you having a freedom experience, uh, uh, get breaking free from false identities, false things you've been called, um, mistakes that you've made, and stepping into stepping into God's plans for your life, that God could use you, minister through you. Amen. And uh, so please do that at six weeks, uh, Thursday night. Um, the biggest thing we want is anyone who wants to serve here or wants to lead here, we want you to do the DNA experience so that those of us who serve and those of us who lead, lead and serve from the same godly heart. Okay. And so, so it'll be good for you. Um, just sign up online. The second thing is we've got men's prayer this week, all right? <clears throat> We're talking a lot about prayer, and uh, we've got our men's prayer meeting every Thursday. Somebody say every. every. All right, over here say every, every. Thursday. Every. All right, every Thursday. Every single Thursday, we've got our men's prayer breakfast here at Eternity Church at 6.30 in the morning from 6.30 to 7.30. We have not yet ever gone over time, all right? And it's not just 10 blokes. There's a lot of blokes coming every Thursday morning, 6.30 to 7.30. Uh, and I'm passionate about this one statement, all right? It's harsh, but it's true, right? Scripture says that men are the head of the house, right? Can I tell you, men, that if you don't pray, you ain't the head of the house. You're just wearing a title that you don't deserve. Oh, how about that, right? Come on, come on. You like that? Good, I got more. Follow me on Instagram. No, I'm just... <laughs> but in all seriousness, a man who... who if you're just saying, I'm the head, I'm the head, why should a woman trust you when you don't even go to God to get advice? Come on, come on. Yeah, that's right. So men, not only do we want you to pray... But we want you to also pray for your church as well, for your city, for your state, for your country, for your children. So come to Men's Prayer Breakfast on Thursday morning, 6.30 to 7.30, all right? That was harsh, but let's go. Y'all ready for the word? All right, all right, all right. Matthew chapter 6, verse 9 to 13, all right? Jesus said, this then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Come on. When Jesus says, this then is how you should pray, you want to pay attention. Amen. Somebody ready to grow in the Lord today? 
Come on, I know you all want to sit down, but wait a second. Somebody want to grow in the Lord today? Somebody come to church expecting to hear from God? Come on, do you want to grow? Come on. Well, then in a moment, I'm going to let you take your seat, but you've got to pay a price first. These seats are padded. We paid a lot of money to put these comfortable seats in here at this church, but there's a price, all right? It's a price you've got to pay. You've got to lift up your hand. Lift up your right hand, everybody. All right? I want you to lift it up. Now, what I want you to do is take your other hand and point at someone 20 feet away from you. Come on, turn around if you got it. I want you to point. I want you to lock eyes and point at someone. One hand up, one hand point at them. And you look at them in the eye. You look at them in the eye and you say, you got to look up. Come on, you got to look up. And then turn to somebody else and say, sit down. And if you still don't feel energized, just jump back up and do some star jumps. I think you call them jumping jacks, which is dumb because hardly anyone's name is Jack, all right? That would be, I'm a jumping Jesse. All right, anyway, y'all ready? Good. Before I, before I talk about looking up, though, I do want to give you a quick two-minute recap on last week's message. Uh, last week's message was approaching God. Our sermon series is, This Then Is How You Should Pray. This week, looking up. Last week, approaching God. Uh, and the reason I preached that message was because there is something that many of us do wrong when we approach God, right? And it's not like God is saying, um, it's not like the Lord's Prayer that we just read is some instruction where God is saying, if you do this out of order, I will not hear you and I will not move on your behalf. Absolutely not. That is not what God's saying here. He is listening to you. All right? Come on. He's listening to you. Amen? And, uh, but if anything... The order that Jesus gave us in the Lord's Prayer mattered because it matters to us more than it matters to God. The order is more about how we, as God's children, position ourselves to pray prayers of faith. And the order tells us a little something about God's heart of grace and God's heart of mercy towards us. And the thing that many of us do, uh, I put a thing on Instagram, a lot of people said it, all bar two people actually that responded said they do this. Uh, The thing that many of us, even most of us do is um, when we start our prayers, we can tend to start with asking God for forgiveness, right? So many of us feel so ashamed excuse me, so ashamed of our sins that we either don't approach God at all or we are, if we do approach Him, the first thing our Father in heaven hears us do is talk about our sin. You hear what I'm saying? But in the Lord's Prayer, when Jesus said, this then is how you should pray, Jesus actually has us talking about God's great power, God's great might, Uh, has us petitioning Him to use it on our behalf to set things right on earth, to set things right in our families, to set things right in our cities. And Jesus even has us asking God to supply all of our needs before He would even have us mention the fact that we have sinned. How about that? And so I don't know if you got to hear it or not, But I would like for you to go and download last week's podcast on iTunes or or on Podbean. If you're on an Android, you can go to our website, myeternity.com forward slash sermons. I would love for you to download that because today's message will give you the confidence and boldness to ask God to do something. But last week's message will give you the confidence to actually even approach God. Amen. So please, um, you really got to listen to it and 
And, and I don't say this to boast, but I've had at least 100 texts, 150 texts, messages, phone calls, um, conversations with people in the last week about how last week's message completely changed their lives and helped them position themselves in a way that they can actually approach God and begin to pray, all right? And I don't say that so I can make money. Um, it doesn't cost $10 to download the podcast, all right? I just know that it did bless people's hearts and it will bless you too. And I'd encourage you to go and listen to that so that you have confidence to approach God so that this week you can ask God. Amen? So get it. <clears throat> Someone say, get it. All right, you got to get it, all right? So who's ready for today's word though? Awesome. Half the room. Fantastic. That's better than no one. Hallowed be thy name, right? Hallowed be thy name. Let's head back to the Lord's Prayer, right? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Literally, Jesus is telling us to enter into prayer, speaking about how holy, how honored, and how greatly revered our God is. He says that's the way to start talking to God. <clears throat> Not my sin, my sin, my sin, my struggle, my struggle, my struggle, but, but my God is holy, my God is honored, my God is greatly revered. Literally, our Father above who is revered below. Jesus is encouraging us to enter into prayer with an attitude of praise and a focus on God's great power as opposed to an attitude of defeat with a focus on our struggle. He's telling us, hey, when you pray, look up. When you pray, look up. Come on, touch your neighbor, say, look up. Oh, oh, hardly anybody said it. Touch your neighbor, say, look up. I didn't say look out, I said look up, amen. When I was a young bloke, I was in the Air Force cadets, and I've watched Last Man Standing enough times to know that you have something like that here. Uh, I think it's called ROTC or ROTC. Anybody? Yeah? A a any people in that here? Yeah? Well, <laughs> we got a hand go up, but no, I'm not in it, right? Um, well, the Air Force cadets, it was basically training to join the Air Force before you turn 17, right? And uh, for me, it was a really good experience. That's where I learned how to polish my boots so that the flight sergeant could see his face when he looked at my shoes. Right. Some of y'all like, you've never seen me wear shoes that you can even polish. And uh, that's true. Once I got out of the cadets, I was like, never again. I don't do dress shoes. Come on. I do sneakers and that's it, right? And um, I, at the same place, I learned how to do hospital corners on my bed, right? Does anyone else know how to do that? If you were in the military or something, you know how to do that. And so I learned how to do hospital corners and I don't do that anymore um, because as soon as I left the Air Force cadets, I was like, that's stupid. Just tuck it in. It's way quicker, you know, boom, there it is. It's done, you know. And, um, but, but I had to do it. I had to do it, I, I had to do it at, at, at cadets when we, were, when we were at parade or on a camp or something. And I also had to do it at home because they would check with your parents. Are they making their bed right in the morning? I'm like, okay, that's going to help us if the North Koreans attack. <laughs> right? Learned how to iron my pants with a pleat down the front so it was nice and straight, you know, like beautiful. I know you've never seen me in a pair of pants like that, but maybe I'll iron my jeans next week and you'll love it. And like I learned how to do all of that. And, 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 and I also, they sort of prepare you so that when you turn 17 or 18, you'll be able to join the Air Force, right? And it'll be a lot easier for you. And I can still remember my cadet number. 
my cadet number was CM42193, right? <clears throat> CM42193, right? You never forget it. It's like the mark of the beast. Once you got it, you got it, right? Like, like and I will never forget CM42193. So actually, when I first joined the cadets, my cadet number was not CM42193. It was CF42193, which was cadet female 42193. And um, so that was annoying. And um, I, 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 well, I didn't start as a female and then switch or anything. They just got it wrong, you know. Like, see, they saw my name, Jesse. They're like, well, that's a chick for sure, you know. And, uh, and it's not because I had long hair like this or anything. I had a crew cut. They wouldn't let me in with this hair, you know. And, uh, but the thing is, I grew up 28 years in Australia. And in that first entire 28 years, I, didn't, I only met two other men named Jesse. In 28 years, I lived 28 years as a dude basically named Sue. <laughs> a boy named Sue. That's what my dad did to me. Everyone I met, they're like, is it short for Jessica? I'm like, I'll freaking stab you. <laughs> Not Jessica. I'm a dude for heaven's sake. Jesse James, heard of him? He would have killed you if you asked him that. <laughs> right? Like, it was so frustrating, but my dad liked the name Jesse, and, and just like Johnny Cash, he's like, I'll teach my boy how to fight from a young age by calling him Susan or something. And so, my entire life, and then I move here, and like, every second dude is Jesse. Everywhere, right? But in Australia, there were no Jessies other than girls who were Jessicas being called Jesse for short. Super frustrating. But anyway, I digress from my sermon. <clears throat> About, it's, it's, it hurts, all right? It still hurts, all right? That's why when people still, people might write J-E-S-S-I in my name, I'm like, I'm a freaking dude, all right? Like, enough of this, all right? It's been 38 years now. Come on, all right? Anyway, let's get back to this. Shall I preach? Good. About every three months in the Air Cadets, We'd go on what's called a bivouac. Who's heard of a bivouac before? Anybody else, right? Yeah, good. Army people, they're like, I know what a bivouac is. Educate me. Go on, right? Every three months, we'd go on a bivouac, which was a Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So basically, we'd just go bush for the weekend, which is like going, um, going to the forest, you know, going to the woods for the weekend. And uh, we didn't take tents because tents are for losers, right? Isn't that right? Tents are for losers, aren't they? And so we had to sleep under uh, what was called a hoochie top, and, um, and, um, which I know um, is like hoochie is like marijuana. Uh, it was not a top made of marijuana, all right? It, it was just called a hoochie top in Australia, okay? I don't know why, but we would sleep under this tarp, this hoochie tarp, and, and basically, if you've ever seen a tent, you ever seen those like old school, just triangle tents where it's got a pole at each end, and, and then you have a waterproof thing over the top? Well, in the Air Force Cadets, all they give you is the waterproof thing over the top. That's it. You got nothing else. You don't get a pillow. You have to tie it between trees, put a stick underneath it, hope that thing stays up, and then you dig a trench around it, and you had to, to put it on a hill and, and so that your head was high than your legs and put a trench around it so if it rains the water would go around you and not wash you out right I'm like 14 and this is what they're doing to me right they're like you'll be ready for the North Koreans I'm like all right I'm here for it let's go right and so we're sleeping under those things and the whole idea was bush survival skills and war games yeah anyway they would take us on these um on these war games and 
they drop us in the woods, in the bush, and uh, not, not like with a team, not like, hey, Jesse and Steve, you guys, you know, do this. No, just Jesse, on your own. I know, you're 14, whatever, you'll be right. We'll just drop you in the bush. We're not giving you a compass. Nah, but what we will give you is a map, and uh, there's some stars. So figure it out, get back to camp, you've got two hours. And we're like, all right, let's go. You know, and uh, it was dark. It was it was it was freezing. It was like 55 degrees every time, which is like the coldest winter day in Australia, right? And so they're just like, "Here you go, kids. You'll be fine." There's trees on the ground. Every there's logs everywhere. It's Australia. There's like the world's deadliest snakes and spiders everywhere. They're like, "You'll figure it out." And what we learned was that the more time we spent looking down at logs. The more time we spent focused on snakes, the more time we spent focused on holes or spiders, the harder it was to find our way back to safety. The only way to get out, the only way to get to safety was to look at the stars. It's the only way. Our help comes from above, right? So we would look for the Southern Cross. It's a constellation that you can see very easily from anywhere in Australia. So we'd look for the Southern Cross, and, and we would find, uh, we, and that would tell us which way is due south. And then, then we would say, all right, if, if, the, if there's a Southern, if due south is that way and we want to go north, we'd, we'd find a star to the, to the north, and we would just follow that one star until we got out. The only way out was to keep your eyes locked on the star. The only way out, the only way to get from where I am to where I need to be was to keep my eyes on things above. The only way to grow was the only way to make progress. The only way to take ground was to keep my eyes on things above. And that's what Jesus is saying when he says to say, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. He's saying, keep your eyes on things above. Hallowed be thy name. Yes, there may be snakes everywhere, but hallowed be thy name. Yes, there may be spiders. Yes, your marriage may be struggling. Hallowed be thy name. Yes, you may have got a bad report from the school principal about one of your kids, but hallowed be thy name. Yes, you may have got a bad report from the doctor, but look up. Hallowed be thy name. I know that as I look up, that's where my help comes from. Amen. Amen. Psalm 121 says, I lift my eyes up to the mountains. Where doth my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of the heavens and the earth. He will not let your foot slip. Did you catch that? He will not let your foot slip. What about the spiders? What about the snakes? What about the logs? What about the holes in the ground? Well, God says, as I look up and keep my eyes fixed on that star, he won't let my foot slip. He'll provide solid ground all the way. Come on, I got to keep my eyes focused on things up above. Can someone say amen? See, this is an attitude of praise. Jesus is affirming that as we look up and enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise, giving thanks to him and praising his name, that we position our hearts ready. We, we position our own hearts. God's already ready. <clears throat> God's already listening. But we're positioning our hearts ready to pray with an ambitious faith rather than a situational faith that comes and goes and changes and goes and ebbs and flows. See, too many people, when they go to pray, they enter his gates with complaints in their hearts and they enter his courts with sin on their lips. And when we go pray like that, we're totally focused on things below. Our Father who are below. 
we're focused on things below. <clears throat> and our faith, when we're focused on things below, begins to diminish, right? Because we're, we're surrounded. We're looking at all this. We're looking at the enemy and how could I, oh my goodness. And instead, Jesus wants our faith to rise as we enter his courts. So when we walk in, we walk in talking about God's greatness. We walk in talking about God's power. We walk in talking about God's might, His strong right hand. We don't start our prayers looking down at our sin, looking down at our problems, looking down and surrounded and stuck in our, in our humanity. No, we walk in and we look up at His divine and unstoppable power, looking up at His divine and unconditional love that is not situational, that is not based on your behavior. No, we're looking up, amen. We walk in. And we're we're walking and we say, God, you're the God that separated the waters. You healed the blind man. You healed the cripple. You ate with sinners. You parted waters. You stopped the bleeding. You provided a coin in the mouth of a fish when my taxes were due. You raised Lazarus. You fed the 5,000. You raised yourself from the dead. You are God. You're above all, you're over all, you're in all. You are my God and you can do unstoppable things. We're not, gonna, we're not walking into church being like, I, 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 no, you. We're not, oh, they, they, they are the, all them and the, they're all around me. No, you are. Not, not all this, all these things. It's, it's, oh, it's all, no, you. You did. You can. You will. You are. Amen. Come on, we're looking up. We're looking up. See, when you look up, your faith begins to rise. Courage begins to build in your heart. And you know what else happens? When faith rises in your heart, boldness comes out of your mouth. As you petition, the same God that did all that to do something now. The same God that did all that to lead you now, to help you now, amen, because you're approaching God who's called I am, God who is I am, the same God who gave the blind man's sight can help you see your way out. The same God who healed the cripple can heal your arthritis, amen, and the same God who ate with sinners welcomes you to his table no matter what you did, no matter what you said, no matter where you went, you're welcome at his table. The same God that parted the waters will move mountains for you, and the same God that stopped the bleeding can stop the bleeding in you, amen. This is why we need to enter his gates looking up. This is why we need to come into prayer looking up. Do you see it? See, it's not about whether or not he's listening. Oh, he's listening. Oh, listen, he's listening. He's listening to you. But when you enter his gates looking up, you ask him for the sort of things he wants you to ask him for. You get to have the sort of relationship God actually wants to have with you. God doesn't want a relationship with you where you're like ashamed of yourself every time you're near him. Oh my gosh, oh my gosh, I shouldn't be near you. No, he's a loving father. He wants to put his arm around you. He wants you to be able to ask him, hey, can you do this for me? Hey, can you come speak at my school? Hey, can you come? No, he's a loving father, amen. It's not about whether he's listening. It's not about whether he can. It's not about whether he's got faith. It's about whether you do. Because the same God who rose Lazarus from the dead prophesied into your life that the broken things in you will come alive to stay in his presence and praise his holy name. Amen. See, God introduced himself to Moses as the God who is I am. 
Moses is like, who should I tell sent me? He said, I am. Do you know the story? Some of y'all don't know the story. Basically, Moses was joyriding his donkey through the desert one day, and, and he saw a, um, a bush that was on fire, all right, like, like a shrub. There was a shrub on fire, and, um, but it wasn't being consumed, right? The, the, the bush was burning, but it wasn't being destroyed. And so Moses thinks to him, he jumps off his donkey, he's like, hmm, I shall go see why this bush that's burning is not being consumed. Literally, the scriptures has him saying that. And I'm like, man, like Moses must have like narrated his own life or something. You know, he's like, jump off the donkey. Hey, I'm going to go see why this bush is not burning, you know. Like, that's cool. I want to live like that. Hey, I'm going to go get this Chick-fil-A and put it in my stomach. You know? <laughs> Anyone else narrate their lives like Moses? So Moses goes over there. My kids narrate their lives. I'm going to the toilet right now. Just do it. When Moses gets to the bush, um, God starts talking to him through the burning bush. God's speaking to Moses and says a lot of things, but basically what he says is, Moses, I'm going to use you to bring freedom to the captives. Moses, I'm going to use you to set my people free from Egypt. And Moses goes through every reason why that's a terrible idea. Why that's a bad idea. Don't we all do that to God? Sometimes God's like, here's what I'm going to do. And you're like, that's stupid. <laughs> Come on, give me a wave. Be honest with me, right? Like, who does that to God? God's like, I got this great idea. We're going to do this. We're going to do this. We're going to do this. And you're like, God, I get it. But let me tell you what all the things you didn't think of with this plan, right? And God's like, oh, good call. We shouldn't do it now, right? <clears throat> right? Moses goes through all the reasons why it's a bad idea. One of them, he says, who should I say sent me? Like, that's not something I ask normally. Someone says, can you go do this? When, when Lauren goes, can you get some milk from Hy-Vee? I'm like, who should I say sent me? <laughs> you know, like, just, just freaking go do it, you idiot. You know what I mean? Like, use your car, just go buy the freaking milk, you know? Like, but Moses is like, who should I say sent me? And God's like, well, you should tell them that I am who I am. <clears throat> tell them that I am sent you, right? See, it's interesting. See, God didn't say, say I was sent you. In this moment, he didn't say, say the God of your forefathers sent you. No, he said, say I am who I am. Not I was, not I will be, not I could be, not I might be if you ask nicely, but I am sent you. Why is he called I am? Because he's the same yesterday as he's going to be tomorrow. He's the same tomorrow as he is today. And the same God that made the blind man see can help you see too. Amen. I am. I am. I am God. I am in control. I am a healer. Amen. When we pray, we should enter his gates looking up at I am. Lifting his name higher than the things that we're surrounded by, amen? So instead of being fixated on the situations around us that, that, that ebb and flow and might change sometime, I lift up the name of God, it does not change because he is I am. And then Moses goes at it again. <laughs> Moses is like, right, I got that, but. Like, I don't know about you, but I'd have slapped this kid by now. Anybody else? <laughs> right? I'm like, man, you need a good flogging right now. I'm going to beat you. 
Sorry, flogging is Australian for a good beating, you know? <laughs> so, you're like, what's a flogging? It's a beating, that's what it is. Moses is like, all right, all right, all right, all right. Hey, I am. <laughs> but I'm not super good at the talking. Let me read this bit to you. It's super powerful. See, this moment actually cost Moses. There's a price Moses paid for this moment. It made God angry. Moses said to the Lord, yep, gotcha, but I've never been eloquent, neither in the past nor right now. I am slow of speech and tongue. And then God said to him, bro, who gave you your mouth? That's what he said. Who gave you your mouth? I did that. I gave you your mouth. Don't you think I can make it work better? I did that. I can heal that. I can help you with that. I will help you speak and teach you what to say. And then Moses goes, righto, send someone else. And then it says, the Lord's anger burned against Moses. After all the times that Moses questioned God, why did this particular moment frustrate God so much? He's been questioning him every single step of the way. Why now does God get so angry about it? Moses is so concerned about whether God can use someone like him. By the way, God can use someone like you. By the way, Moses is repeatedly focused on all the ways that he isn't good enough. And he's super focused on the fact that he struggles with his speech. And God graciously says, well, here you go. Boom, boom, boom. I got you. Come on. I got you. We can, we can do this, man. Let's go. And he just doesn't listen. And it makes God angry because you know what? Here's the amazing thing. Let's take a step out of that verse and let's just go higher and look at this whole encounter. The very conversation that Moses was having with God is a sign that God can use anyone and anything to speak. He's speaking through a bush on fire. The whole encounter was God using a bush, a shrub, burning in the desert to say to Moses, Moses, I can use anything, but I would prefer to use you. The whole conversation is God saying to Moses, if I can so eloquently speak through a bush in the desert, I can eloquently speak through you. Because I am who I am. And I do not change. And if I could use that bush, I could use you. The same God that spoke through the bush, Moses, will speak through you. Just as, and, and I love this. Mm. You know, one of the best pictures in this whole story is this, by the way. Moses can see too that the things God use don't get burned. God's speaking through a bush and the bush didn't burn up. Can I tell you, if you let God use you, it won't burn you, it'll bless you. <laughs> Come on, if you let God use you, it won't burn you, it'll bless you. Oh, it hurts when you say no, but it's blessed when you say yes, amen. 
Come on, God doesn't burn the things that He used. And so all of this, the whole encounter was God saying, I love you, I'll bless you, I won't burn you. Come on, I'm going to teach you, I can eloquently move through you. But Moses kept looking down, 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 down at his own limitations again and again and again. So in the end, and this part's heartbreaking, in the end, Moses gets to be the leader, but he misses out on his healing. Somebody else does the speaking because Moses kept looking down. See, God listens when we look down, but we miss out on the blessing when we look down because we don't have the faith to believe that God could speak through me too. Like he spoke through the bush. It's just like Jonah, right? Jonah ends his life under a tree. Sorry, he doesn't end his life. The, the story begins to end, I guess near the end, uh, under a tree. If you don't know the story of Jonah, Jonah's a dude that very much like Moses, just questioned God. was like, nah, bro, I got a better idea, man. You know, Jonah's thinking, if I do what you want, I'll get hurt. But God doesn't burn the things that he uses. And, and Jonah's, Jonah's there, has an encounter with God. God's like, hey, man, I'm going to send you to Nineveh. And he's like, nah, that's stupid, man. We're not going to do that. In fact, I'm going to go that way instead. And then God's like, okay, you can do that, but you're going to go to Nineveh. Moses is like, send somebody else. Because like, nah, bro, you're going to do it. <laughs> but I'll give you someone to speak for you since you don't want the healing yourself, right? So Mo, same deal with Jonah. Nah, man, you're going to go to Nineveh. I might have to get you eaten by a whale and vomited out on the beach, though, <laughs> if that's what we got to do. So Jonah ends up in Nineveh. And God's like, all right, Jonah, tell these Ninevites that I love them. And if they repent, they can have eternal life with me. And Jonah's like, yeah, nah, they're a bunch of idiots. That's stupid, but I'll do it. You know, he goes over and he's like, hey, idiots, repent. And they all do that, <laughs> give their lives to the Lord. They're all like, yippee, this is fantastic. And Moses is like, look at these idiots, not even being punished for all the dumb things they did. And he's sitting under a tree <clears throat> one day, just sitting down, chilling out by a tree. And the tree had, it was a hot day and it was in the desert, all right? And um, I love all the desert stories. And the tree has one leaf. It was a big leaf because, you know, we're, it's a palm tree or something like that. I don't know. Evidently, the leaf was big enough to give him some shade. So he's sitting there and he's talking about, oh, all I've got in the world is this one leaf. The only thing that loves me is this one leaf that's given me shade. And then, then a worm eats it. Eats his one leaf, right? That's a way to go out, right? <laughs> like... Talk about misery, right? You know what? Both of these dudes, the story could have been better. Hey, Moses is a champ. Moses got his act together and started doing better things, right? Like I'm not mocking Moses, but the thing about every, every story in the Bible is God's using people in the, story, in the Bible. God, God's using men. God's using women. And they ain't perfect, right? And that's why God's saying, hey, you ain't perfect, but I can use you, all right? God can use you. But here's the thing. I, I'm a big believer that the quicker you say yes to God, the better it's going to go. The quicker you say yes to God, the better it's going to go. If Moses had been like, right, oh, let's go, God, I'm in, let's go. Come on, I'm here for it. You know what? He'd have led this great revolution and got a miracle in his own speech, in his own throat. He'd got a miracle too. Jonah, instead of being like down by a tree going like, oh, worm ate my leaf, 
I reckon he'd have had like a mocktail or something, you know, because we're in church. Uh, he'd have had like a, like a mocktail or something sitting by the beach on a, in a cantina, you know, feet in the water, beautiful white sands everywhere, palm trees with lots of leaves everywhere, got a little umbrella coming out of his cup going, oh, I'm so glad I said yes to the Lord. I think the quicker you say yes to God, the better it's going to go. The better it's going to go. Can someone say amen? <clears throat> See, but when you look down, yeah, you may still be able to bless others. Moses blessed the Israelites. Jonah blessed the Ninevites. You may still be able to bless others, but you're going to miss out on a blessing in your own life if you keep looking down. That's why God wants us to look up. Not because it changes Him, but it changes you. Don't be like Moses. Don't walk into prayer with complaints in your heart and sin on your lips, obsessed with what's wrong with you or what's wrong with everybody else. Walk into His presence with thanksgiving in your hearts. Praise on your lips. Praising His mighty name. Acknowledging His strong right hand, as Scripture says. Looking up at God, who is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And He did a miracle in the Israelites. He'll do a miracle in you. He did a miracle with the Ninevites. He'll do a miracle with you. Amen. So if your marriage is struggling, you can walk in ashamed of yourself, talking about your failure. I messed up. I'm an idiot. I did this. She did that. He did that. Yada, yada, yada. Or you can walk in talking about all the marriages you've seen God heal before. You can walk in talking to God, talking to the same God who provided for the bride and the groom at the wedding in Cana. Amen. You're the God. You can walk in and say, you're the God that, that, that healed Pastor Jesse and Lauren's marriage. What did I talked about it in Love Month, right? You can go and say, God, what you did in their marriage, you can do in mine. Amen. God, you're great. You're good. God, I pray you do the same thing in my life that you did in theirs because you're the same as you were five years ago in their lives. You're the same right now, amen. How do you pray when your kid's sick? Let me show you how. Is there somebody with a sick kid in the room? Somebody, I've done a different, different person in every service. Give me a hand if one of your kids is sick. Give it your hand up. Someone over there, can you guys come up here? Can I pray for you? Do you mind coming on stage and getting prayer? Sorry. Sorry if you're like, oh man, the one time I put my hand up. You know, like. Right, the one time. We got you. <clears throat> there's a, there's a, uh, there's a, can I have the, uh, there's a thing here. Cool, we'll pray here then, hey? So that's good, you guys, is it, are you able to do this or not? Cool. cool. And I particularly want to pray with the parents, but we're going to pray with this boy as well. But I want to show you as parents how to pray, okay? Here we go. Yeah, I got this, John. We didn't, did we? But we got it anyway. Here you go, my friend. There you go. Good man. You got good vibes? So, so we pray faith, right? Everyone come over here. All right. We got John and can we also please have, where's someone else? Um, uh, okay. Steph. I just wanted to find, there's someone I'm looking for. That's where I am. Just seeing if they're in here. 
Nope, I don't see him. Cool. I was looking for Falco. Cool. They're on holiday. They're probably online. Hey, bro. All right. So, all right, talk to me right now. So, tell everyone your names. Julia. Jacob. And, uh, and you are? Christian. Christian. And who are we praying for? Christian, I don't want to be, I don't, you know, I don't know. You could have another kid somewhere else as well that you like better. So, I don't know. And um, so, <laughs> there it is. <laughs> and so, Christian, all right. So, can you guys come over here, right? And I'm going to show you how we pray. And we never stop praying. We petition the Lord repeatedly, okay? And so what, what, what's, what's happening? He has a spinal, uh, spinal damage from autoimmune disease. Okay. Awesome. Well, not awesome, but God's awesome, right? And so, and, um, so what we do, so Christian, so with the way I pray and the way Jesus is wanting us to pray is to not walk in and be like, oh, this and can't do that and all these problems, all this struggle, right? That's not what God wants us to walk in doing. There's a time for that. There's a moment for that. But the way God wants us to pray, we're just going to pray together. Would everyone stand up with me right now? For, and we're going to pray for Christian. And um, so put your hands up on here, on his shoulder. And so, um, so what we're doing is we can walk in and we can talk about the problem repeatedly, right? Repeatedly. Or we can... Talk about the God who heals. Amen. Right? And we can talk about the God who has healed. And we can look up. Amen. And so let's pray for Christian right now. Okay? And so Christian, we're going to pray for you. Heavenly Father, we look to you. God, we know that you are strong. God, you are where our help comes from. God, you healed the blind man. God, you healed the other blind man. God, you healed the centurion's servant when they weren't even there, God. God, you healed the cripple when his friends had enough faith to dig a hole in a roof and throw him through a hole. God, you healed him. And you said that their faith, the friend's faith made him well, God. God, you healed Anna. Our friend Anna, last week in this church, you healed her. The doctor said it looked bad. The doctor said she might not make it. She might not rise up. She might never wake up again. But God, when people prayed, you responded. You moved. We prayed. We believed. And you healed her, God. You rose her up. God, you're the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. God, you've done it before. You'll do it again. God, Christian's not the first person to come before you needing a healing. And he isn't the only one that's going to get a healing, God. God, we know it's your will to heal. God, you said that according to your will be done on earth. Well, on the cross, God, you died. You were whipped for not only our sins, but God, you were whipped for our, for our sicknesses. It is your will to heal. By your stripes, we are healed. So God, we ask you to do the same in Christian as you did in Anna, as you did in the man who was lowered from the roof, as you did in the man who, who was blind and could see, God, as you did in the man, as you did in the man who had no eyes, God, you are the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. So we pray for a healing in this young man's life in the mighty name of Jesus. Come on, somebody give God some praise. Amen. Come on, God bless you. Come on, that's how we pray. And we don't stop praying because God has done it before and God will do it again. Can someone say amen?
We look up. Come on, someone say, look up. Someone say, look up. Look up. Amen. See, when we get stuck on our own situations, we get stuck on our own fears and our own struggles. We don't have the faith to believe God to do miracles. Do we? But I, I believe in a God who does miracles. I've seen miracles. I've prayed before and nothing's happened. And I've been like, now what? And I've prayed again. And I've prayed again. And I've prayed again. God says to continually come before Him with your prayers and petitions. To continually. So we're not going to pray for Christian today and be like, I'm done. We've got a church praying for Christian for a healing. Amen. His spine was damaged by a sickness that was not of God. And it's God's will to heal him. Amen. So, so who's going to keep praying for Christian? Who's going to keep praying for Shatira's kid? Who's going to keep praying for, who's going to, who, who did we pray for on, for, on for Saturday night? First service, who was it? Ben, no, first service. The Joneses, yeah, we're going to pray for Laura Jones. I don't know, I haven't heard back yet. They haven't told me what happened. But we're going to keep praying for her, amen? Because he did it before and he can do it again. Come on, he did it before and he can do it again. Amen. When we look up, see, when we look up, when we walk in talking about the good things that God has done and how good God is, we realize and we're reminded that our God can do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ever ask for, think, or imagine. Amen. So we pray like people who believe that. So we pray like people who believe that God can do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or imagine. That's why we don't look down when we pray. We look up. Does faith rise in your heart when you look up? Does faith rise in your heart when you enter His gates with thanksgiving and praise in your court? Amen. And I know that there are people in the room who are probably stuck in the miry clay. And... Um, like what a, a scripture talks about how God lifted us up out of the miry clay. The one thing I learned going, uh, growing up camping a lot uh, and, and, and actually gold mining with my dad all the time was that uh, we'd get in the clay and sometimes we'd get stuck in it. And when I was stuck in the clay, I actually couldn't get out at all. I was stuck. That's it. I'm there. And you need somebody else to lift you out of the clay. That's why Scripture talks about how God will lift you up out of the miry clay. And so my dad would have to come and drag us out or my brother or then he'd get stuck as well. And then my sister and she'd get stuck and dad come out and be like, all right, I'll get all seven of you midgets out of the clay, you know. And that's how it works. And so we have to keep getting help. And for so many of us, we're so stuck in the clay, we can't even see. And we say things like, look up, look up. And you're like, well, all I can see is clay. It's all over me, you know. Well, I want to pray a prayer that God will lift you out of the clay today. That He'll particularly lift your eyes out of the clay. That He would clean that off so that you can see enough to look up when you pray. God, God wants a relationship with you where you believe for more. He doesn't want a relationship where you're ashamed of being around Him. He wants a relationship where you believe for more. So if you feel like you're being stuck in the clay. Maybe it's your eyes are stuck in the clay. Maybe you're, maybe you're actually in a situation where you're like, I cannot get out. Well, I want you to lift up your hand because I want to pray for you. Because I want your relationship with God to go to another level today. I want your relationship with God to get better today. See, last week we said, hey, you got sin? 
don't start your prayer talking about your sin. We're going to deal with that in another week, all right? Because there is a time and there is a way and there's a reason, right? But, but we're going to start our prayer life not saying, oh God, I sinned, you know? Nope. Jesus says, just pray. Just pray. Just pray. For some of you, it's hard to look up because you're surrounded. But lift your hand up right now. I'm going to pray for you. See, all day today, we've been talking about up. We've been talking about, uh, we've been talking about the good things God has done. We've been talking about how, uh, about how God has healed, how God has set free, how God has delivered, how God has broken addiction. All right, He's done these things. Do you believe it, church? Do you believe it? Uh, have you got faith right now? Come on. We've been talking about it all day. So now we're getting to the point now where we're going to ask God to do a miracle in you. Heavenly Father, I pray for every person who has their hand raised. God, all day today, we've been talking about you. We've been lifting up your name. We've been worshiping you. We've been praising your name. God, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God, I know that it is your will to lift them all out of the clay. God, it is your will. God, I know that you are, that you love them no matter what they've done that their behavior is not indicative of how you feel about them or whether you hear this prayer. God, you love them all. And every hand raised is a hand saying, God, help me to see clearer. God, just, just lift me out of the clay enough that I could see the star in the sky and follow your voice. So God, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would do for them what you've done for me that you would do for them what you've done for the blind man, that you would do for them what you've done for the bleeding woman, that you would do for them what you've done for the cripple in the story where he was lowered through the roof. God, I pray that you would lift them up out of the clay in the name of Jesus. And God, those whose vision is just blurred. God, I'm thinking about the healing of the man where he said, I see men as trees walking. God, I pray that you would help them to see clearly to see clearly that they'd be able to read your word and be inspired and encouraged by your love and your greatness and your your mercy and your power. God, in the name of Jesus, I just pray you clean their eyes that they could see. Lift them up out of the clay. God, set them up now. God, I, I just pray that after this day that they would boldly approach you, not focused on their sin, but they would also boldly approach you looking up so that they'd ask you to do more in their lives, in their families, in their finances, in their relationships, in their workplaces, God, in their health, God, I just pray that you'd help us all to look up in the name of Jesus. Someone say amen. 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 Praise God. One more thing, and then I'm going to hand over to Pastor Laura. One more thing, and then I'm going to hand over to Pastor Laura. Hallelujah. If you're here and you don't know Jesus, I want to give you an opportunity to give Him your life today, okay? And so we, we, just, we just never, ever end a service without this opportunity, all right? And so God loves you so much. And you might think and go, well, I'm, I've done this wrong and I've done that wrong. And look, honestly, you're probably not the only person in the room who's done that plus a few more things, all right? Like there's no perfect people at our church. Perfect people are welcome but none of them have ever come, not once. And so there's, there's, just, there's, just, there's just no perfect people in the world, you know that? And we all need Jesus 
In fact, it's because we're not perfect that we need Jesus. And there's, there's this idea in the world that, that I've got to fix myself to be acceptable to God. But it's the fact that God accepts you that will help you be better, all right? So I'm not here to try and figure out what you're doing wrong and how you need to change it. I'm here to tell you that Jesus loves you enough that he died on a cross to pay the price for your sin so that you can have a friendship with God so God can help you become all that he designed you to be. He has plans for your life like he had plans for Moses' life. He had plans for your life like he has plans for Jonah's life. He has plans for your life like he has plans for my life, all right? And it's not dependent on your behavior. Whether he, No, no, no. You just got to say, yes, God. Yes, God. Amen. Yes, God. And so I want to encourage you to pray a prayer with me today. It's a yes, God prayer. Scripture says, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, that you will be saved. It doesn't say if you fix your life. It doesn't say if you talk better, walk better, act better. It just says if you believe in your heart, confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. And if there are things in your life that are offensive to God, hurtful to others, or destructive to you, God will speak to you about those things. And when God speaks to you about those things, He'll give you the strength that you need to have victory in that area of your life. God will help you become all you are supposed to be. Amen. No one's a mistake here. You're all on purpose. God loves you. And so I want you to pray this prayer with me now. Just repeat it after me one line at a time. You won't be alone. I'm going to get every single person in the room and every person online to repeat this prayer with me right now so that nobody is praying it alone. Repeat after me, everybody, and especially those away from God. Dear God, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that He died on a cross for my sin, and He rose again to give me life, hope, joy, peace, and eternal life. I receive all that. I receive Your forgiveness for all the things I've done wrong, and I receive this brand new life with You as my Lord and my Saviour. And I ask for help to live my life the way you designed it, the way you planned it, so that I can experience the fullness of this life experience. Speak to me, lead me, guide me, give me wisdom, because I want to live my life the way you designed it. In Jesus' name, I give you my life. Amen. 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 Just three things I want you to do if you prayed that prayer. Maybe you prayed it for the first time or maybe you prayed it for the first time in a long time. You're just recommitting your life to Jesus Christ. And um, I do love that too. Sometimes it's like renewing your vows and your marriage, isn't it? It's like, you know what, I've walked away, but God, I'm back, you know. And, um, and so whether you're that person or maybe you've just never had a friendship with God before, I want to pray for you right now. So while no one's looking around, I'm going to count to three and then I'm going to get you to lift up your hand. So if everybody could close their eyes and bow their heads in this room. Everybody's eyes closed. Everybody's heads bowed. No one's looking around. I'm giving you the privacy you deserve making the greatest decision of your life. If you, um, if you, um, if you prayed that prayer, maybe you're recommitting. Maybe it's the first time you've ever realized that God welcomes you as you are. Whoever you are. 
on the count of three, would you lift up your hand? Because I want to celebrate and I want to pray for you. I'm not going to tell anyone who you are or where you're standing, but I am going to pray. So on the count of three, one, two, three, lift up your hand right now. God bless you. One, two, three, four, five, six. Anybody else? Seven. I got you. Come on, seven. You can put your hands down. Hallelujah. Come on. Hey, let's pray for those seven people. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for seven more people giving their lives to you. Thank you, God, that this is a grace space. Thank you that every single week people give their lives to you. People encounter your loving kindness, your generosity, your healing power, your great joy, great peace, great comfort. Thank you that it happens every week. And thank you for seven more people, God. Thank you for trusting us, the people of this church to welcome them, to show them your love, your kindness. Thank you for trusting us to help them become all they were designed to be. God, we ask right now that you would move in their lives. That God, that, 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 that those who carry shame, that you would break it in Jesus' name because you're the one that said, there is no shame, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Well, they're in Christ Jesus. They've given you their lives. So I pray that you would break the shame of their past off them in Jesus' name. And God, people in the world might still say that they did this or they said that or this happened with them. People in the world might try to say that they're the sum of their past mistakes. But I pray that all those labels would, would break off, that they wouldn't stick, that it would be like water off a duck's back in the name of Jesus. They're a new creation. They are not the sum of their past mistakes. God, I pray that if there's anything in their lives that's hurtful to others, destructive to themselves or offensive, do you, I just pray you'd start to speak to them about that so that they could become all that you designed them to be. God, I also pray right now for joy, great joy like they've never had before. Flood their hearts right now. Holy Spirit, joy, 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 joy in Jesus' name. And I also pray for great boldness that they would have the boldness to tell somebody what you did in their lives today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. Well, thank you so much for listening to this message. If you enjoyed it, be sure to check out our other episodes. If you would like to connect with Eternity Church, please visit MyEternity.com and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at MyEternityChurch. We'll see you next week. Love you heaps.